Hello and welcome to episode nine of Love Letters to Baseball. My name is Jackson Roberts and I love baseball. Today's letter comes in from Ian Hardman. He's a former summer ball teammate of mine back in 2015 with the illustrious Berkovich Gold Squad, just a phenomenal team. And he's since gone on to be drafted by the Astros, play a couple years in affiliated ball, has played some indie ball, and is currently a free agent. So if you're out there looking for a stud righty arm, Ian Hardman's your guy. But beyond that, just a great friend. We had an awesome conversation about where we hope the game is going, where he hopes his career is going, and everything in between. He's just a funny dude. And we talked it out for about an hour. Not, not a ton of structure to this podcast, but we like it that way sometimes. So hope you enjoy. Apologies for the audio quality. It was on Zoom and Ian was on his phone because the internet apparently was not great in his home. So we improvised. We think it came out okay. We'll try to do better for you next time. But other than that, you guys already know the drill, at LL2Baseball on Twitter, where we are gaining some followers and Instagram. And other than that, cue the music. Dear Baseball. is a former 36-round draft pick of the Houston Astros. He's one of my buddies from college summer ball back in the day, and he's currently a free agent. So if you're out there looking for a stud righty, this guy's your guy. Uh, Ian Hardman, what's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, what's up, man? How you been, dude? Everything good? Everything's great. We are, uh, it's obviously been a while since we last spoke. I think I gained about yeah. 50 pounds and no longer play baseball. But other than that, I'm just the same old guy. Um, what's been going on out in the indie ball world? Any hot leads on new places to play this season? Man, you know, there's a couple, couple open trials coming up. Uh, one's out in the Pioneer, so might be heading out there to see what happens. But, uh, no, indie ball's real cool little market to get into. Hoping to see you out on a mound very soon. And who knows, might be able to make it in person to watch a couple games now that COVID restrictions are out. But yeah, man. We'll hop right into it with rapid fire. I know people have been waiting. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different podcast. It's not going to be so much of an interview. Ian and I are just going to kind of talk for an hour, and hopefully you guys like it. But we're going to kick things off with our, our standard rapid-fire questions. Uh, hopefully you're ready. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's, All let's right. see. All right, what's the best post-game meal for a baseball game? Ooh. Um, is this private spread or team spread? Well, I mean, it could be either, honestly, but what's, you know, what's old reliable? Can I get my own food? Dude, honestly, playing on the road at any Yankee stadium, they feed you pretty well. And all the affiliates. Uh, normally a good little pasta with some salad in there, you know, gets your, gets your carbs. What's the best pasta dish for after baseball game? Uh, I can just go with traditional marinara and meatball, man. Hey, I like that. You keep it classy. You can't really mess it up. Yeah, get you some good protein after the game, ready to play yeah. again tomorrow. Uh, funniest college or pro teammate you've ever had and a funny story. Oh, man. There's some characters, man. I had a couple of teammates from the Dominican that were pretty hilarious together, man. Uh, I think my, my first out, my, my catcher, Campos, is pretty funny. Uh, my first pro outing, I knew no lick of Spanish. There was no uh, translator for me on the mound. He came up to me, and he just goes, all right, Poppy, good luck. I'm like, why are you coming out here? It's 0-2. <laughs> like, I think I threw two pitches as fastballs, middle-middle. And just, he just comes out there, O2, and just try to have a little conversation. Totally hey, forgot there's a language barrier. 
he didn't know if you could get your third strike or not. He was trying to give you a little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I threw the slider to dirt too. I mean, it was probably it was probably what he was he was really worried about. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just trying to make sure you weren't going to kill him. He's got a family to think about in the future. Yeah, but but but, dude, once once I was able to get some Spanish down, man, those 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 kids are pretty fucking freaking hilarious. Sorry, language. <laughs> That's important, absolutely. Um, let's go favorite favorite lift in the weight room. Deadlift, of course, man. You got to get them that hinge right, get the glutes and hamstring gauge. Yeah, and uh, what? sort of what sort of variation of deadlift are you doing nine days out of ten you know i'm just a big just trap bar just conventional deadlift i don't really get into much i like the barbell too but i mean trap bar a lot better for the long limbs yeah now i'm right there with you we're about the same height i've been using trap bar for about the last year or so uh had them in college so obviously i was using them then again too but then came home and just had the barbell and that was really starting to mess up my back like i know i could fix my form i know i could get better but you know i just want to lift the weights so trap bars. yeah and then too i I don't want to i don't want to ruin my pretty shins right nobody be cutting cuttings that cuts theirs up on the barbell oh absolutely important thing i you you see this picture of clayton kershaw like he's definitely not using the trap bar because his shins are no no Um, yeah no he's he's straight straight bar and Scraping up. Yeah. Uh, what's the most unique team name you've ever seen on a baseball field? Lake Monsters. Oh, yeah, Vermont, right? Yeah. Yeah, they had a pretty u- unique name. Yeah, they were one of the discontinued teams, which really bummed me out. Uh, from. Yeah, that's a beautiful venue. I, I really enjoyed playing up there. Yeah, I'd like to go. I mean, I, I'm sure they're still doing indie ball there. I haven't checked, but I'd love to go check them out as well. But, yeah, I mean. Why it's too many teams got eliminated, and that was definitely one of the biggest problems. And I think Vermont no longer has any minor league teams, and neither does Rhode Island. So that's just like Dang. the corner of the country that's just losing all their baseball. Did they, don't, did they have any Cape teams at all? Did you know? No, that's it. I mean, they probably have indie ball leagues now that they're uh, no mm. longer hosting minor affiliated baseball. But yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go. Most or, or let's go. Current walkout song uh, in the pitcher's mound. It's gonna have to be uh, "Don't Fear the Reaper" by the Blue Oyster Cult. Interesting. I yeah. I don't think I've heard it before. Like, what's your vibe there? Um, it's the uh, the more cowbell song from oh. uh, Saturday Night Live. Solid. Yeah, yeah, that one. Solid. Never mind. I'm just not culturally. Did it change? Did... <laughs> All well-rounded, right? You got it. Perfect. And then finally, what's the best memory you have between the two white lines on a baseball field? Uh, I'd definitely say uh, Minute Maid Park uh, when I did my pre-draft workout. I was the last guy to throw, and it was all quiet in the gym. They had to – or not the gym, the uh, the stadium. They had to – the roof closed, and it was great sound and, you know, adrenaline, everything going. It was, it was pretty pretty cool time for me. Yeah, and you were pumping all of, like, 91, yeah? Big guns. Yeah, I think all of uh, 88 with cut <laughs> and uh, 92 with sink. <laughs> Boy. Hey, movement plays just as much as velocity for all the kids out there listening. Yeah, it, 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 the velo jumps too. I mean, it, I think one, I popped a five or a six in that, that same workout, but I was chilling about 88 the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you hit your sponsor. I mean, listen to all these old guys talk about Greg Maddox, right? Like that's – that's how you get people out. I don't care. I don't care about your 102. 
88 on the black plays at any level. You know what? I, I would really love to see him on some technology because the way that sinker moved, I think he was getting some, some crazy spin on it. No, I have to agree. I mean, Velo is not the only thing that makes people great, and obviously, like, pinpoint control is awesome to have, but yeah, Greg Maddox still had elite stuff, even if he didn't have elite velocity. Like, you can't just, like, go out there and not hit the weight. Some of the best movement ever. Great rapid fire yeah. run. Okay. Uh, let's get into something that could have been maybe more of a state of the show for this show, but it's all the rage in baseball right now. And you're probably – I mean, you're probably the highest level pitcher we've had on yet so far, so you'd be the perfect person to kind of discuss some of this. What's going on with the sticky stuff, man? Like, how many people at your level do you know that you were using it, first of all? I think I could count people who uh, didn't use it on, like, one hand. Yeah. There, there's no way around that stuff, man. It's, it's one of those ones I, I accidentally did it, didn't even discover it. I was just putting sunscreen on, ran out to a game, you know, playing in the Florida heat, and I didn't have any grip. So I was looking for a rosin, put it on. I was like, oh, man, my arm's sticky now. So and once I figured that out, I thought I discovered the thing. And the next, next year at spring training, I'm realizing that everybody's just freaking – yeah. You have so to. What, what level have do you to. think it stops? Because I, I it, it doesn't. Division three level, there really wasn't anybody using it as far as I knew. Um, but obviously like it's gotta move down to at least a D one game too, right? And JUCO, I would have to assume. I think I think every pitching any pitcher now, I think anywhere from high school ball all the way up to big league ball, I mean, I think they're doing some sort of thing like that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure there's kids that just freaking just go straight to the pine tar on the glove at like 13 and in, in come some like uh, summer ball tournaments or like the weekend leagues they're doing that so i i don't think it's anywhere that's like nah so pitcher's perspective on the scope of the i won't even call it a problem it's definitely an important issue i think where yeah. the problem is when we start talking about spider tack and even pelican grip to a certain extent we're talking about things that just blow up the spin rates and turn a 2400 rpm slider into a 3000 so that's where I think yeah. people would draw the line. Uh, but what did you think about the MLB rollout in the past week and uh, all the controversy that's come along with it? It's rushed. You could tell it was rushed. Um, but I, I, I really think they, there's going to be something to help the grip. Like, you can't get rid of that at all. Um, what, I was looking at the stat. I think the hit matters went up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think about maybe 2 3% in the last week since they announced it. So. Yeah. It's a huge jump. Yeah, and, and even the, they showed the spin rate drop off. I was looking at a couple of graphs from like fan graphs or whatever, and it was the spin rates plummeting on 70 RPMs, which, I mean, doesn't sound like a lot, but at 2,600 RPMs, that, that makes a big difference. And I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I, the, it's, it'll, it'll find its place. I, I think the ball manufacturing might change. I think they'll actually take care of the baseballs more or, maybe make a list of stuff can use. I don't know. It's got to be something to do with the baseballs, in my opinion. Uh, and it's got to be after they're made because MLB owns Rawlings at this point. So they're not going to change the ball manufacturer. I don't see Rawlings drastically changing the way they actually uh, make the ball itself. So it's going to have to be like coating hmm. the ball with some kind of sticky substance or Maybe even just coming up with something standardized that all pitchers can use, which I would have thought sunscreen and rosin would have been fine. Um, and for whatever reason, yeah. decided that that was just banned. Like, what what went in? Like, in, the, in your mind, is that where the pitchers had the biggest problem was just taking that out of the game? Yeah, anything. 
Because you, you go from, I mean, I, you can see a step down, say if you're a guy that uses spider tack or like a pine tar concoction. If they go, hey, you guys can't use that at all, rosin's still fine with sunscreen. Or if they just go, hey, rosin's fine, and if you're sticky on the forearm, all right, whatever. I think it would be okay. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get injuries that pop up. You wouldn't get the, the outcry from the pitchers as, as big. I mean, you'll still get a little bit of outcry, but not as drastic of a, a pushback against it. I, just, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think of throwing without rosin. Or, yeah. or sunscreen, right? And, you know, it's one of those ones. It's like... Yeah. Well, when you were... Uh, I, I want to get your perspective on this because I've seen a lot of people uh, who maybe mm -hmm. haven't played at super high levels talk about how disappointed they are with Glasnow's reaction or with Cole's reaction. They're just saying, like, these pitchers are being babies. Uh, I tend to not think <laughs> that they're being babies at all, but you know, you'd be able to speak to it more than I would. Like, how much does that change occurring midseason have to do with potential cause of injury and the stress that puts on a pitcher's arm? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even the stress, not just physically, but like mentally from it too. Because I mean, you, you got you, some guys are are very very thin wired. If you kind of mess up anything in the delivery or just the effect around the game, they lose uh, a sense of control over everything, and then that can just lead to and guys getting upset i mean i don't really i look at it and even with other stuff it's 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 understandable you're gonna try to do the, the most you can to win and it's it's not it's not always a good look when it's a situation that comes out publicly but in this case it was their team or really that i could think of that is like void of at least that on the mound with pitchers and that's the any type of sticky substance and it is a level – I mean, they're trying to create a more level playing field, but they, like, yeah. like it was just rushed. So when you're thinking about a change like this, um, I think the place where they aired clearly was uh, at the beginning of the season saying that it was just a data collection year and that they were going to be just monitoring things and telling pitchers not to change anything. Uh, when that really came out and, and people were seeing what an impact – these substances were having on offense this year specifically. Like it was just all kind of the perfect shitstorm for MLB. And then like MLB does, they drastically change course and they piss everyone off even more in the process instead of yeah. any sort of reasonable um, measured approach to anything. So something I want to continue to monitor, obviously, and, and we do MLB segments on this show at least once a month, but uh, mm -hmm. This is obviously one of the biggest stories of the year, and it's still in the process of breaking. But um, you know, is there any? I guess where do you see this heading for the rest of the year? Like, are guys just going to continue to get hurt, or are we going to find find a level ground at some point? I think uh, I think until there's a way, or I'm, I don't put it past any player right now that, that's going to find a new way of getting some sticky grip on the ball. I, I think it's going to change pretty quick, um, and then you might see those numbers jump back up, or if it's completely dead, then you might you might in fact see some more injuries from big big spin rate guys that uh, start having to grip the ball harder or just change things in their delivery and just thought process. I think I think man, it's 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 tough to say. You know what I mean? No, it is, and I, I I'm I'm worried, but I also am still enjoying the season as it's unfolding. So it's a difficult thing to try yeah. to balance, like watching the game on a on a day to day. Mm -hmm and uh, seeing it the way you always see it, but then, you know, hearing the guys, this is all they're talking about after games is 
Um, what a big, impactful change this has been in the middle of the baseball season. No, I was just saying, it's, like, it's a big, big change mid-year. But we'll, we'll keep our eyes on it, but appreciate yeah. getting the, the modern pitcher's take on it. <laughs> the, show's been, the show's been lacking pitcher cred big time. You know, we've had uh, club college baseball pitcher is the highest level pitcher we've had so far. So definitely good to get someone who's up there throwing in the mid nines. Like, you know, it's a lot of stress to be putting on your elbow, your shoulder, and, and obviously mm-hmm. rely on a certain agent for grip, like taking it away is going to be a big factor in, in potential yeah. besides just spin rate. So um, we'll keep touching base on that. Uh, I want to jump yeah. over to, I want to jump over to our draft. You know, we usually do the draft. At the yeah. Show, but this is a big one. Uh, Ian's got relief pitcher cred. He's been <laughs> Relief pitcher. He's even been a summer ball relief pitcher. Uh, <laughs> dude, the dude knows what he's doing up there on the bump. Uh, but we're going to talk relief like pitchers to. of the 21st century. Maybe like late 90s, you'd get away with, but just our lifetimes. But we're we're also taking Mo Rivera out of the equation because I feel like if you put Mo Rivera on this graphic, like you just. Whatever team has that one, win. Yeah. So we're just not going to do that. Um, you're going to have to listen to the podcast to know that. Uh, if you bash us on Instagram and say, what didn't anyone take Mo Rivera? It's your fault for not listening to the podcast. So it is what it is. <laughs> uh, Ian, as the guest, you have the choice between the first pick or you can have the second and third pick. And then after that, it just mm. goes 1-1 back and forth. So nice here. What's your, what's your call? You know what, man? You could have the first pick. I'll take the second and third. Okay. That's been happening a lot recently. This draft, I'm not sure if it was so wise, but we'll get into it. So I got the first pick. Oh. We'll see. So Mo Rivera has 650 saves. I believe 655 is the exact number. That's first of all time. There's only one other guy who even has over 500, and he, in fact, also has over 600, 603. So I'm going with Trevor Hoffman. Uh, okay. Growing up in the Bay Area, you watch a lot of Giants-Padres games, and – he was the most automatic closer I've ever seen on an opposing team. If you're taking Mo out of this, he would come in, throw heat, and mostly just throw that change up and just keep guys off balance. And for one inning, like that's all you need is just those two elite pitches. Uh, and he was pretty much as good as it gets for as long as it gets. Like the longevity on a closer is something you don't see as often as you do with Trevor. So I think that's got to be the number one overall pick in this draft. Okay. Not a bad pick. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna stay the same division and same time. I'm gonna go with Eric Gagne, good old Seminole State alumni, right there. Um, yeah, late late '90s, early 2000s, flamethrower with that Vulcan change. Uh, definitely Dodger. You know, this is a button head right there, and uh, had some good battles. That that Bonds at bat is great. Even though Bonds might have came out on top, I still think <laughs> that's a great job from from Gagne there. Yeah, uh, that was a great little outing. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story from Gagne about that at bat, or from the two of them actually about what was going on with that at bat? What was the little conversations beforehand? Gagne was saying, yeah. we give him one or something? Let's yeah. See. We'll so see. They were, in, uh, they were in Japan on like some sort of like barnstorming mm-hmm. tour uh, in the off season. And Bonds was like complaining to Gagne about like how nobody ever challenged this. <laughs> All right. If I see you this, I'll challenge you. Uh, and Bonds. Yeah. Legit, all fastballs, and Gagne was like, no, you got to let me throw one off speed. So he got him to 0-2, and then he threw a curveball, and it was like half an inch mm-hmm. outside and got called yeah. ball one. And Bonds from there was just like, oh, it's on. <laughs> Hunting. Exactly Hunting fastballs. Yeah. 
You didn't see guys hit through 100 that often in baseball uh, before Gagne came along. Uh, there was like yeah. Maya on the Tigers was like the other flamethrower maybe a couple years mm-hmm. later. Really, it took until like the 2010s for relievers to start throwing that hard that consistently. So, great pick. Yeah. And then well, I, got the, I got the third pick too, right? I'm going to pump it up a little bit with Velo. And after seeing what he did today with the 103 on the outside, I'm going to go Araldis Chapman. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm feeling like he was probably on your list there to grab. But. He was on the list for sure. Yeah, he yeah, but that long yet. He's he's certainly on the mm-hmm. list, like short, yeah, peak dominance, short does, stint. Yeah, does have a habit of giving up back breaking home runs in the playoffs, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, Chapman's awesome. Chapman did, yeah, he threw 103.4 today. He's the fastest pitch in all of MLB so far this season. Yeah, you know, he's he, I, I think, I think if he, he keeps his pace, how old is he? He's is he low to mid 30s? Yeah, I think he's like 32, 33. I'll Google this real quick since, you know, people are people are obviously not doing much with their day. Yeah, 33. So, uh, yeah. Got plenty of time. He has some time, I think. Yeah, and he's built so well. Like, he's really taking yeah. care of his body at this stage in his career. So, it almost looks like he's too well built. Like, you almost worry he's, like, going to break from just the sheer weight of his upper body. So, no, he's, he's doing well. You know, I've heard some guys talk about how athletic he is, though, like during spring training and stuff. And they say he's probably one of the fastest guys on that team, too. So, I I, met, I think it's just he's a, just a sheer crazy athlete. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. Like, Aroldis Chapman could probably be a really good basketball player, and there aren't too many of them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's he's got long legs. and good I think he might even be pretty good at a – little tight end action or receiver action, I bet he could probably do. I could see that. Yeah, he's he's a physical guy for sure. Um, Chapman, third overall, I like that pick. I'm going to yeah. go back to the well. I'm going to go back to the well with slightly earlier in the 2000s. Uh, okay. Somebody who I would have actually taken over both of those guys, not to say that they aren't both great, but I'm going mm-hmm. I'm going for ah. Rodriguez. Uh, yes. The stint of dominance he had from about 01 to 07 was pretty, like, Mo Rivera-ish. Like, he obviously didn't yeah. have as sustained a peak, but he's still fourth all-time on the saves list. And, yeah, when he was at his best, I think, does he still have the all-time single-season saves record? Or did somebody break that? Does he had uh, – he had a 62-save season in 2008. I'm not sure if that's – Yeah, I think he still might – well, I don't know. I don't know if someone broke that or not. Yeah. I can't remember any time it would have been broken since then because saves have been a lot less common since relievers have started. What about uh, Britain's Cy Young year? Dude? Was he – He didn't blow any saves that year, but he also, I don't believe mm, – Okay. Not that, not that many in a single year. Yeah. I'll double check to see. I'm I'm almost positive that record still. Yeah, Britain only got 47 that year. So yeah, that record okay. stands. So that's my guy, fourth overall. There we go. Yeah, you know, you you took my next fix, man. Ooh, that, was, that was a good one. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna give plenty more time to think. Then who's next? No, no, no. We might we might have some time. Hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's a it's a short stint of dominance, but and also he's coming back. I I really loved watching Ken Kim, uh, Kimbrel. Hmm. He was yeah. Those was next on my list, or maybe not next, but he was gonna get you. But it, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I I like watching him. All these picks for me too are all just personal, personal. Just like watching and liking how they how they pitch and attack. Yeah. But yeah, no, I really really like his pitching style. His his demeanor on the mound is great. Yeah, I think him and Chapman are two of the best 
demeanor in baseball right now on the mound. Absolutely. And I'm interested to see where Kimbrell's career goes from here. Uh, he's mm-hmm. also only 33. So he's obviously maybe had a little bit more mileage put on him. And he's been kicked around, whereas Chapman's been under this huge contract and stayed in the closer mm-hmm. Yankees. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Kimbrell can still be a top tier closer. And he's kind of proving that this year that he kind of still is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see because he's 10th all time in saves already. So he's got yeah yeah he's doing well. He's got potentially a long way to climb on that list and potentially make a Hall of Fame case if he keeps it up. So interesting yeah. for sure. And fun story, I actually hit. Uh, I went two for two with two doubles against Craig Kimbrell's little brother when I was in Germany two summers ago. So nice. That's fun. He was. Uh, there we go. Look, looks exactly like him, just probably four inches shorter and throws about mm-hmm. eight. But other than that, <laughs> same. God, I like it. Yeah. So we're going to go uh, next pick. We're going to do something that I I was going to be crushed if you got this guy in the draft because he, mm-hmm. when you look at Division three alums in Major League Baseball, this guy is one of the GOATs, if not the GOAT. Uh, Ferrum College's own uh, Billy Wagner has to has no. to draft. Uh, the first le- – uh, not the first lefty because you got Chapman, but – the first mm-hmm. short non-alien lefty. <laughs> uh, he's probably 5'11", <laughs> but he brought the heat. Yeah. Uh, and that guy, for it's actually uh, like between the Astros and Mets, it's kind of tough to say like who really kind of means mm-hmm. him because he was pretty equally good with both and ended up with 400 career estate. So um, Astros and Mets fans, y'all can duke it out for uh, who claims Billy Wagner, but I've claimed this draft. Yeah, dude, that's you, you've done that twice now. Pick, pick right before. I'm gonna tell you, I'm set on. Gotta do what I gotta do. Really, um, we go with a personal pick here. Um, I really like watching this guy pitch, Andrew Miller. I hope that he can get back to his form. But when peak in that 2006 playoff run, really, really couldn't think of any reliever better than him at that time. Except maybe Zach Britton, who was already out of the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> didn't use him. Andrew Miller. Um, one of the trades that gets brought up in Boston a lot, the Andrew Miller trade netted the mm-hmm. Red Sox Eduardo Rodriguez. So immediately after Andrew Miller leaves, he goes on to become one of the most dominant relievers in the history of baseball. But also the Red Sox get a starter out of that trade who's been a key part of some really good teams. And he's still only 25. So it's, yeah, it's almost a win-win. It is kind of a win-win. And, and yeah, Miller in that 2016 playoff run was pretty freaking awesome. And also, yeah. really, he was one of the biggest components, uh, and I credit Tito Francona for using him the way he did, uh, to kind of moving forward the, the way we use relievers in baseball now. And the, the whole yeah. closer, closer is the closer because he's the closer thing is kind of dying out a little bit. Happy to have seen Andrew Miller kind of move us forward in that direction. So love. I'm going to go with a guy – He's pretty polarizing, but when you look at the numbers, he's right up there in terms of, like, all-time great closers. So I got to go Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, from, like, 2005 to 2011, Jonathan Papelbon might have a case for being the second-best closer in baseball behind Mo Rivera. So I got to go yeah. with my, my childhood Boston Red Sox postseason hero uh, and one of the all-time psycho mentalities on the mound as well. Just an absolute yeah. crazy person out there. Yeah, no, definitely. That was, that's, that's a good pick. That's what, three times in a row now? Love like it. it. 
Let's go. Mm. Just murder mm. draft board. Last pick mm. we got. Last pick, I might stay with my lefties and go Zach Britton. <laughs> we talked about him. Keep so it kind of had to we, go. Yeah. Someone has to get him, right? And, and you know, I'll, I'll take him. Heavy lefties right there, but, you know, when you talk very about, good like, sinker right there. Yeah, when you talk about, like, all-time one-pitch, like, he's not a one-pitch guy, but, like, mm-hmm. 2016 Zach Britton sinker, like, I don't know if you could have you brought Pete Barry Bonds back, and I'm not sure if he was hitting that pitch, so – uh yeah he has a lot of saves but since he moved into the setup role at the yankees he's not really climbing Mm -hmm. anymore but he was he was on track yeah an all-time great closer and he's still an all-time great reliever in my mind so so yeah during that time when he was closing i think it was a toss-up between him chapman and even uh like kimbrell who was the best closer at the the time yeah well i'm gonna throw one more in there that might uh okay might throw a, a little wrinkle in that discussion of who is the best at the time. Because when you go back and look at the past decade, um, mm-hmm. he plays on the West Coast, so a lot of people aren't paying attention to what he's been doing. But uh, Kenley Jansen, got to be the last half for me. Uh, he, same thing, like cutter, 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 cutter. And you can't hit it because it's 93 to 95, and it's snapping yeah. slider straight to the side. Uh, so he, he had to go in this draft. Uh, if you look at 2016 to 18 specifically, I think you can make a case that he was the best mm-hmm. pitcher in baseball. And yeah, yeah, the strikeout numbers are significant. Like Mo Rivera is the best closer of all time, but Kenley's strikeout numbers are way better. So if you're just yeah. looking for somebody to come in and shut the door, right, is as good a case as anybody. Yeah, no, I, I like that pick. Yeah, well, big. Yeah. I like it too. So to recap, boards got myself uh, Trevor Hoffman, K Rod, Billy Wagner, Jonathan Papelbon, and Kenley Jansen. And you have uh, Eric Gagne, and then I went what uh, Chapman, and then Kimbrel, Britton, and uh, Andrew Miller as well. But Andrew was flipped those last two. That was that was a great uh, Miller than Britton. Great run of lefties from yes. who loves lefties, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I love hitting off of lefties, so I guess that's why I like lefties that are overpowered. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I always thought I liked hitting against lefties, and then I went back and looked at my final two years of college stats, and I actually hit significantly better against righties. So there's something to be said for lefty deception, even if it is easier to see earlier out of the hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite partial there, too, with my hitters. I really love left-handed hitters, and I think it's because I pitch so badly against them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. But, I was, when I was like 10 to 12 years old, the first couple years I spent on a pitcher's mound, I couldn't mm-hmm. strike to lefties. Like, is it great even to the top levels of the game where you just see the guy standing on the other side of the plate and you just don't know how to attack it? Yeah, yes and no. I know a lot of the times, you know, uh, you have certain attack plans. So you kind of attack lefties with uh, with certain type of pitches. And for the longest, I didn't have a changeup. So it was one of those ones I was forcing curveball to, to the lefty, but righty I'd be forcing curveball slider with a two seam. So, so you kind of limit your pitches when in those situations as a closer and stuff. But now I like it. I added in a little – splitter and change of action too so i mean now i don't really mind it but back back growing up and all that yeah lefties always used to give me problems yeah and their swings so pretty though i don't know what it is about lefty swings is it like this side of the brain or something yeah i totally agree let's do an impromptu draft like no draft board but like best best left obviously griffey 
yeah, obviously. One. Um, Bellinger swings beautiful. I don't know what what I'll, I like how how tall he stands, and then uh, I'll just I'll, I'll keep it at three. I'll go Jock Peterson too. I really love his swing. Wow. Okay, those are two guys who I would have said are like kind of violent lefty swings, like maybe not mm-hmm. beautiful. But there is beauty in violence, I suppose. Yeah. I, I think they're really violent to the attack, but after the follow-through, it's very pretty. You know? It is smooth. I'm with you. Very long through the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a couple more. Um, okay. But first of all, got to go Adrian Gonzalez. Like, that was one of the yes. smooth. It didn't look like he was swinging hard at all, but could drive mm-hmm. any part of the yard. Um I wouldn't even throw Bonds on this list with guys like that. Like, Bonds had a great swing, obviously, but he's kind of in the, like, violent swing camp. So, for the mm-hmm. swings, I go Griffey, I go Aegon, and I go Robinson Cano at his peak. Was yes, yes, yes. Almost as smooth as Griffey. The way he would just, like, go straight into the bat drop after the swing, oof, good stuff. And you know what? Soto, Very pretty. Lindor can get a little uh, he can. He can. And I was going to say Juan Soto's got a little bit of that, too, where it's like, yeah, not this, not this ability to drive the ball to left center, but like no left mm-hmm. I've ever seen before. So I'm excited. Dude, I, I have a I have a really funny story about about, about that guy. Uh, my rookie year, we played the uh, national. We, the Astros were in the same league as the Nationals for uh, rookie ball in, the, in the GCL. That team had Key Boom Soto. I think Trey Turner came down for a rehab. Jason Worth was there, and they just freaking decimated the ball against us. It, it was a horror. They had, uh, I think, Bronson Arroyo and Matt Latos were making comebacks as well. Ooh. So we're rolling out there. They got two opening day starters on on their roster. You got these soon to be big leaguers, and I, I think I got Juan Soto. It was like two one. I dropped a curveball in it like forty eight feet. He golfed it to dead center, like off the wall, and I was uh, very confused <laughs> on how uh, he's just going to go out there, pull off the sand wedge, and go about almost four hundred feet dead center. That's phenomenal. Yeah, no, he uh, he does that against everybody. Um, important yeah. question, though, it, really important question, was he, okay. already, was he already shuffling back in 2016 when he was a rookie ball? No. No, he, 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 he had his same little – he would be in the box and he was him, but he wasn't doing the, uh, the I'm extremely comfortable and I'm going to be uh, – be me completely i think he was still getting used to being over and, and playing this in the states and all that but i, mean, I love it I, I love the energy that he brings to the game him tati he saw that all the young kids i love it absolutely let's do uh uh between the four between those four young guys i think soto is the one who's being most slept on right now just because he's not having a soto like season or maybe he is like yeah. depends on how you look at it but his ops is the lowest out of these four uh, but for the rest of their careers, uh, mm-hmm. taking it in what order between Soto, Ronald Acuna, Fernando Tatis, Vlad Guerrero Jr.? I'm going to take Tatis first. I think he has the best team around him, and I think he has the best group around that will stay together the longest, I think. I think I think I would take Tatis. Um, then Soto. Ooh, I feel bad. I feel bad too. Like all four of these guys could be the number one in five years. So it's hard. yeah, yeah, dude. It's it's tough. I, I would I would you know I'd, I'd have to go yeah Vladdy and then Asuna. Yeah. Or or, or not no no yeah my bad. <laughs> we knew who you're talking about. Yeah. And what, yeah yeah. What's wild yeah. is like two, I would definitely go Vladdy. Yeah. What's wild is two months ago Acuna might have been most people's number one, and he's still yeah. a phenomenal season. 
but it just changes so quick with these guys, and they're all yeah, so, so quickly. Yeah, I think I agree. I might put Vlad one on my list, but I also mm-hmm. think three. Like it's just it's an awesome group of young talent we've got right now, and I wish we could spend more time appreciating it instead of talking about yeah. shitty rule changes and cheating out all the time. Uh, an- another young power hitter, I think, like that, uh, Jordan Alvarez. Is gonna I would be say, say Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, he's right up there. Devers and Alvarez are five and six in some order. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've seen I've seen him murder baseball during school. Yeah, so you were coming up in the same organization, right. Alvarez. At the same, like, what is what's impressive thing you've seen Jordan Alvarez right. on the baseball field? We were ah man, we were playing someone for spring training. He cleared the the net into our parking lot on a backfield oppo, and I'm pretty sure this ball went about five fifty. Like it was ridiculously hit. <laughs> and two, like he doesn't even look like he hits the ball hard until it, it comes off the bat. It's ridiculous. That's another smooth swing and lefty too. Yeah, he's he's an exit velo king. He Devers and Vlad are all up there. Like obviously Stanton's the guy right now. Otani's right yeah. up there too. But yeah, Jordan has like a different sound when it comes off the bat, even on TV when you're watching it. So mm-hmm. shout out. I do want to talk about our memories together in college summer ball because that was. So- <laughs> time of life summer 2015 so we're we're six years in the past at this point so much has changed but i think a lot of people a lot of our listeners are actually still playing college summer ball and i think they'll be able there we go yes um what are just some of your general memories from that summer and why is that such a special part of the baseball experience that was a very like good summer summer i think i mean man we we played well I know we 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 hit phenomenally. That that I think one through five phenomenal. Everybody was hitting well, but it was just it, it was a fun time. You got the fellas and boys and go travel, getting away from the parents. We were doing a lot of our road trips on our own, so I mean that was pretty pretty relaxing. We'd be able to go and BS and you know be be delinquent kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, it's like, funny. Like I. That's all we were doing. <laughs> I agree. Well, it's funny. I played. Um, I played four more years of pretty high-level competitive baseball. After that, I actually went and played mm-hmm. quote-unquote pro ball in Europe. But I think that the most professional feeling atmosphere I've ever played baseball in was Humboldt Crabs games up in college summer ball in summer 2015. Like that was such an awesome place to play a game. They wiped the floor with us two nights in a row. Uh, I got on base, a couple more guys drew walks, and then Ian hits this grand slam to put us up 5-3. And the crowd was pretty quiet for a while there. But then they just turned on the Jets and smoked us. But humble crabs, if you're ever in, for some ungodly reason, if you're ever up in the far northern half of California, you got to go check out a humble crabs game. That's an unbelievable atmosphere. I still remember that bat because I think I swung out of my shoes on that OO slider in the dirt. And some dude screamed out, swing harder. <laughs> and then the very next pitch was the same slider hanging. And I was like, okay, yeah, this one's going to go pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, we were getting killed later that game. And I think I, I was a beer batter. And I freaking just fanned at three straight and tipped the hat to the crowd for the free beer. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that was a fun, those are fun times. Uh, and I think it also just goes to show, like, it doesn't have to be, like, getting the recognition. It doesn't have to be, like, having your name up in lights that you remember the most about when you play. It's about the people you're with, and it's about the level of competition you get to play against. Like, we saw some really good yeah, we had, that summer. High-level D1 arms, 
very, very good players. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've I've played against a couple of the guys that we played against, like the Crabs. I had a couple of teammates that played in that league, and uh, like later in life. So it was it was a good experience, and there was really good talent. And man, I think we 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 hit well. I remember you hitting very well for a while there. You and then uh, get good old uh, Perry a shout out. Uh, <laughs> Perry was mashing the ball too, and Cody was there with us too. Yeah. That was a good squad. Uh, that was my first time hitting, uh, like, really well for a sustained period of time against half mm-hmm. uh, And then I go, <laughs> I go to my freshman year of college, and I go back to swinging a composite bat, and we're up in the northeast, and it's cold, and things just all kind of yeah. uh I came back for another summer on the same team. Ian bitch-ass got drafted, so he wasn't around. But uh, <laughs> out there, I went out there that next summer, uh, Caleb, on the mission. Yeah, and we haven't even brought up our coach yet, but Caleb Cooper was one of the best summer ball coaches you've ever had. Uh, he got yes. me so right, so dialed in that next summer. Uh, I think I ended up hitting like 450 for a whole summer. <laughs> pretty decent with that competition. And then came yeah. had a decent college career. So it just goes to show like that work you put in in the summer and it's mm-hmm. to get out and play against good competition, like that'll set you up for success later on in your baseball career if you're a college guy. So don't take some yeah. role. Yeah, no, definitely. And and if you get a good group of guys, you and your friends, man, you can you could always get it good. I mean, two pitching for me, I was I was making what a comeback pitching. I was outfielder a year before. So True. that was where I was able to get a little bit dialed in before heading out to college. Yeah. And Ian didn't even really pitch that much that summer. Like I remember you pitched a good few innings out of the pen at the end of the summer. Uh like mm-hmm. a- Auburn, uh, people won't know where the heck that is, but we played like our little three-game series, and you're coming out of the penalty. Yeah. But uh, what happened from there? I know you were in talks with a bunch of JUCOs, but just go off and have this insane season in Oklahoma JUCO that leads to you getting drafted. Uh, just what was the whole process like from that point in your career? Um, you know, I, we it was actually from one of our games. We were playing uh, the, the Merchants. And uh, the coach of the merchants and a couple of the guys that played there were all went to Seminole. And uh, after our game, I think I had, I had a bomb off of somebody there. And they're like, oh, who's this kid? And, uh, yeah, I went there as a two-way. And uh, the first couple months, hitting, and we did like a, a pre, like a, like a pro day pretty much. And one of the Royal Scouts was like, yeah, no, he's going to be a pitcher. He might as well just have him put that bat down. <laughs> Heartbreaking day for me. With the Seminole, um, through well, through through decent, coming out of the pen there, and uh, high K, high walk. I was, I was, uh, we not a lot of baseballs in play, but uh, we, we were gonna get some stuff. And uh, that team, I, I will say, the best team I've played on was that Seminole State team that I was on. And you got one big leaguer there, and at least six or seven guys that had the talent to be big leaguers as well. It was, it was a ridiculous team. Well, you can't just go and not not talk about who the big league was on that roster. I mean, you gotta gotta give them a shout out and what they were doing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Abraham Toro, uh, he just hit a home run the other day, coming back up for uh, Bregman. He's he's been back up and down. Uh, I think he had an injury that sent him back down. But uh, yeah, man, he was one of the best switch hitting hitters, third baseman. Very very solid defensively and had a lot of pop. And now, now he's getting a speed involved too. I think he's gonna maybe one of these years get a twenty twenty or thirty thirty season. Maybe if he's messing around. So let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you owe him 
any of your own success in the game of baseball knowing that you got drafted by the same team the same season? Uh, no, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, him and him and another guy, uh, LP, we all got drafted together. And uh, with those two there getting signed high, that that's what got the Astros there to watch me play. So definitely couldn't have couldn't have did that without them. Yeah, right place, right time is is a huge part of baseball. Yeah. Let's talk rest of the season. Uh, first, mm-hmm. for you personally, you're obviously going to some tryouts here, uh, but yeah. just. As a guy who's, you know, converted to a pitcher, been a versatile athlete, uh, got a lot of physical gifts, you know, up and down with the velo throughout the course of your career. Uh, like, what do you have to do in order to really work yourself into a good situation for the rest of the year? And, and what can you kind of expect from yourself in order to make that happen? Really location basketball. Uh, outside of that, you know, the force team really likes to uh, get jumpy and high, I'm high spin rate guy naturally already with the force team. So I just, it's hard to uh, use it at the bottom of the zone and keep it in there. So really just using my fastball correctly and just pitching off of it, getting the head and counts. That's it. Real, real easy baseball stuff. Absolutely. Nothing pitching, crazy. pitching should be easy, right? Like that's – yeah, It should. You've got a high success rate. Uh, that was like a big exact record, I think, actually. It was like if I execute my pitch, like I'm going to win 99% of the time. So that's just got to be the mentality, I think. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I haven't thrown a pitch off a mountain since like 12 or so, but I have to imagine that's the right mentality to have. And wherever you end up, I think that's going to lead to a lot of success. But um, what else are you looking for? What else are you looking for uh, in, the, in the big league game this year? Like, what are some of the storylines you want to continue to watch? I want to see what happens if uh, Shohei can stay healthy all year. And, and especially on the mound, because he's one of the – that's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And if he can stay healthy, hit how he is, and be able to put up pitching numbers like I, I think he should or he has the potential to do, we might be thinking – we might be seeing one of the best players to ever play just playing just out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I – I, we see so many home run highlights of Shohei that I feel like it's almost mm-hmm. a duty to highlight how great he is on round two. You're 100% right. We did a draft on this show uh, a month and a half ago of the nastiest pitches in all of baseball, and I think third overall I took his splitter because no yeah. one did it yet. It's, it's mm-hmm. Hitters literally don't have a hit against his splitter yet this season. Like, it is absolutely untouchable. So – I'm I'm in full agreement. Like I'm stoked to see him in the home run derby. I'm I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the year. I just hope he stays healthy. But I, I think that's right. The pitching piece is the piece that nobody talks about. And he's he would be a side down caliber pitcher if he pitched all the time. So that's a great shout out, hundred percent. Yeah, and then he's one of one of my favorite guys to watch play right now. Yeah. No, he's so good. I, I can't imagine being that good at both. Like there's one other guy, like didn't, haven't the Rays converted Brennan McKay to a pitcher at this point already? Like, it's just so hard to do both at the professional level. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think uh, the, the one of the other guys I can think of like that is a uh, Hunter Green. I don't even think he's hitting anymore. No, he didn't even hit at all in pro ball. Yeah. As soon as he got drafted, he stopped hitting. So it's, it just goes to show like you, you really can't do both at such a high level unless your name is Shohei. So I, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it too is just he was able to do it in Japan 
So when he comes over, he has the proof at a professional level that he can do both. I think that's the only thing that is kind of weird. I know teams like to have their own images for guys, put them in those places. But I I think it would be a lot more abundant if players were allowed to do that. Because you got guys like what, Granky can hit, uh, uh, Bumgardner hits well, uh, DeGrom. I mean, you got a good group of of pitchers that can hit. So, I mean, even myself, I would would love – to be in that I would, I would take every at bet i could <laughs> yeah so how I, I guess like taking the skill level out of the equation because obviously most major league pitchers are not major mm-hmm. league pitchers for the most part yeah like how much does it help as a pitcher to be in the lineup versus if you're just pitching and how many guys do you think prefer actually being in the lineup as opposed to being dh4 that's tough i think a certain type of pitcher likes to hit for themselves um I, I know a lot of guys that they, they just say, oh, no, I just let me pitch. Let these guys go hit. They get paid to do that. But uh, there's, there's, some, there's some guys that are still, like, 12 years old at heart and want to hit for themselves, think they should be the four hole, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't – there's obviously so few guys who even have the capability of doing both at mm-hmm. the level. We just talked about most of them, I think. But I will be curious to see because I, I think the universal DH – should and will be implemented uh, starting next season full time, whether there are ever going to be guys like Shohei come through again. Like, I don't think the Mets are going to let DeGrom hit. Like, no way. Have you seen how much he's been getting injured this year? Like, scary. Mm -hmm. They just don't want to protect their investment. So I don't know what other guys are ever going to get that chance again besides Shohei. Yeah, but he he has rare power for – a position player. So I think that's what gives him the ability to be able to do that from the pitching standpoint is because he's so just um, talented and gifted with pop because he, he freaking mashes the ball. Those, those, those balls he hits to dead center and left center are just absolutely tatered sometimes. Like he, he mashes, but I, th- I think a lot of guys, I think because the game is so power oriented, that's what gives him the upper hand. It in is. that situation too yeah and, and like even like, like that direction a lot too and obviously mm-hmm. that's like he's he's a product of his era and he's still very young he's what 26 so he's got tons of time left to yeah. do his thing but he's he's grown up in an era of power and he, he obviously comes over from japan where they teach the game a little bit differently as far as i understand it but he's just he combines that talent with the 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 way the game's moving like that's shaped him into who he is so curious to see mm-hmm. if more guys want to come into that mold or if he is really just a unicorn because it is a potential avenue opening back up if other guys can hop on board yeah yeah definitely it's 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 a, and, and two i mean teams should look into it it's a roster spot you could say if you get extra hitters 100 percent and Think about think about all the war you can stack up if you're doing both. We love war. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Analytical guy, you can get a player that can do both. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Let's close the loop here. We we've just heard Shohei announce that he's going to be in the home run derby. So, for our final task of the day, uh, I'd like the two of us to fill out the rest of the home run derby field. If we could have anybody we want to to see the blue shots at Coors Field this upcoming summer, I would I would if I put Arenado in there. Just for the story. Interesting. I would not. Yeah. Talk yeah. Into it. Uh, you know, this, this, you know, back at course. And, and it's just, he, that, that atmosphere is going to help him hit. 
home runs. And and he has the pop. Yeah. So so I and and two, who knows that stadium better? It's true. It's true. I, I don't hate that. I he wouldn't have been on my yeah. list, but I think we can still fill out our field. Mm-hmm. You, you you could have that little uh, leadoff round too if you don't, if you don't want him in there. Cool. Arenado's in there. Arenado and Shohei. Uh, Got to put Stanton in there, right? Like he's a former. Yes, player. Stanton for sure. Yes. Uh, um, let's go Vlad Jr. Let, yes, yeah, that's having and the performance he had in Cleveland a couple summers ago. He's mm-hmm. Can we put your guys in there? Just throw a yeah. with masher pop. <laughs> yeah, he already hits balls like he's in Coors everywhere, and now you put him there. He's yeah. liable to leave the stadium. I don't know why. I just I would really love to see Bellinger in there. I just love watching him hit the baseball. So any any more times that I can see that. Fair enough. Let's go Bellinger. They wouldn't let us put two guys in there from the same team, but what the heck? Let's put Aaron Judge in there. Uh, he's yes. Awesome season. Uh, still hits the ball harder than just about anybody in baseball. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got one spot left to play with. Do you want to see Tatis, or would you throw in a guy like Devers? See, I was going to say Tatis. I was I was going to say him earlier, but I wanted to let you let you bring him up. And I don't know. I think he'd make a good show out of it. I think with him and all the younger kids in there, it, that would be a real good uh, real good show. Nice. All right. So that, there you have it. We've built our ideal home run derby fields. If anything other than that field happens this summer, we're going to be extremely disappointed. And, yeah, just keep your eyes on it and tell us if we, uh, if we nailed it or not. And I think we did. Yeah. I, I know the people are not going to like that Arenado pick. No. Gonna, you know what? They're not going to like the picks you made on today's program, but you're not. You're here to, you're here to do what you think is right. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's all off a of personal opinion. These these are my favorite guys. I like it. I like it a lot. If Bellinger, if Bellinger participates in and wins home run this year, a lot of people are going to owe you an apology. So, is what it is? No, no. It'll be all right. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, we talked about just about everything. We're just about wrapped up here. And, again, the folks out there better appreciate this guy's perspective coming on the pod and, and talking to you for an hour. But – uh, before we close out here, uh, just just write your love letter, man. Like, why is baseball better than all these other clown ass sports out here? Uh, it's the only one you just can't muscle through, man. It, it it takes a lot of mental strength and mental toughness, and there's a huge amount of luck. I mean, baseball is a game of failure. I think it's just who fails the least, right? I mean, hit, you got the hitters aspect. You, if you do anything and you have a seventy percent fail rate, um, that's probably not good for you and your career so that to for people to be making that career and such negative still be able to fight through i think that's why baseball is one of the uh tougher sports to play and 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 my favorite and it is just our favorite right like that's yeah we've we've grown up in it we understand that other people might Mm -hmm. like other sports better but we like this one and we're trying to bring attention to it so that's all we got that's a perfect way to close out Uh, again if you guys were looking for like an organized, well-segmented podcast, we'll do more of those in the future. Like I've got, stay tuned. Like I'll, I'll have, I'll have guests on who are more like, you know, nerdy baseball guys like me. But when we get a guy like Ian on, we just want to shoot the shit, talk old times, talk where we hope the game's going. And I think we delivered. So uh, once again, Ian, thanks for coming on. Uh, Any last words for the people? Oh man, just thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, don't go too hard on me on my picks, guys. You know, very, very, very uh, publicly, uh, not there. I'm, I don't care, man. You guys have fun. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jack. 
it's been, right. it's been it's been good all right well enjoy the rest of your season we all hope to see you on high level mound asap so go out and crush those tryouts and bring it home best of luck and see you very soon